right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, August 10th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Yeah, baby. How's Heck it going? It. How what much? a great uh, weekend of hockey. Oh, my God, I know. Me and my girlfriend are in like the middle of like a 36-hour bender, too. It's just <laughs> – we're just hanging out and watching That's hockey. Fantastic. It's I been a great it. weekend. Uh, so there's lots to talk about today. And, and like, the, the lead for this is the fact that tonight at 6 p.m., we will finally find out who the placeholder team is for that number one pick in the NHL draft. Kind of weird to me. I, I looked it up. I, it was – I thought I remembered the date being August 10th for the phase two lottery, but it feels like such an unceremonious, like kind of like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I was just like surprised. It's like at 6 PM, like why it's 6 PM. Like, it's just kind of weird, a very un- yeah. unceremonious time and place and just everything given how much they've made a scene out of this entire playoffs. It's obvious that they already know who they're giving it to. <laughs> so as little people as possible see that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to get Lafreniere, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, oh, yep, yeah, Pittsburgh. See you later. Thanks for coming. Enjoy hockey." Yeah, we'll be right back. Just closes out. There's no like post lottery talk. It's just, just like custom black. It's just Batman on like like it's just there's like a black screen behind him. There's nothing, and it's just like. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh, guys. It's Pittsburgh. Um, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Playoffs are back. You guys are welcome. <laughs> it's are doing the, a great job, right? It's just the Dave Chappelle uh, when he uh, that skate where he's at the conference table. He just knocks over the pitcher of water and takes <laughs> off. That's gonna be Gary Bettman uh, announcing the Phase Two lottery winner. That's the that's a, that's the tweet we have to make when they announce that if it's like Pittsburgh or Edmonton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's, let's go over the, the teams in the phase two lottery so far, what we know. So another disclaimer, we're recording this, uh, Sunday night at 7 30 PM. Uh, cause frankly, I don't have time to wait until the jacket sleeves game is over as much as I would like to, uh, right now we've got Minnesota, Winnipeg, the New York Rangers, Florida, the Nashville Predators, the Edmonton Oilers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then the loser of Game 5, Leafs, Blue Jackets, heading to the lottery. I'm, I'm assuming that Pittsburgh is the team that you want to see witness the least. Yes. That would be correct. Uh, Minnesota's been struggling. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, you know, a premier player going there would be fun. Um, Winnipeg is kind of Winnipeg. They're not really... I don't know. They're, they're just not like a dog in the race in my brain of who I want. They're just, yeah, I just don't see them having it. I think I Rangers would be cool. I Rangers, Rangers would be annoying to me. I'd be mildly annoyed if the Rangers got them or got them just because they have had good. Uh, they, they have had somewhat decent lottery luck in the past, at least last year off the top of my head. I honestly don't know what it was like before last year. But uh, getting Capo Caco in the in the way that they did, you know, that was kind of to me like, hey, you're all right, you're you're done with lottery luck for a little bit. Uh, Winnipeg and Minnesota, I think I agree, would bother me the least, and I would also wouldn't mind seeing them go there. Uh, two good hockey markets, 
uh, I think they could, they would have – it's not going to be one of those situations where if he goes there, it's like, oh, sh- poor guy, like he's doomed. Like they, they can make if he goes something. To Florida. Yeah. Uh, and I also we'll wouldn't hear from that kid again if he goes to Florida. <laughs> I also wouldn't Barkov, mind seeing him. Barkov is and Huberto, and they just never get talked about. Yeah, but they also haven't really won anything. Like if they see, that's the thing is like a team can change the culture around it if they win. Like Sebastian Ajo, you wouldn't think that like he would be somebody who uh, gets talked about a lot, but like the Canes are really good. And same with, you know, Jacob Slavin. Like if a team can make something of themselves, like the Hurricanes did in that run to the conference final last year, I think that all changes around. So that kind of somewhat is on the team to succeed at that point. I would not mind seeing him go to Nashville, to be completely honest. I think they're a team with – they're another good hockey market that I think would do something – with him because they've shown before they can develop talent. Like they have a lot of, they've had a lot of stars come through there and uh, they made a Stanley cup final a couple of years ago. So it's, they, they've been like, they're not one of the, they're not a Minnesota to me where it's like, Oh geez. Like, yeah, if he could go there, but what's their ceiling? Like, I think that if you went to Nashville, that would be something actually uh, worthwhile for the NHL, for Lafreniere and for the franchise. I think so too, especially how poppin' that city was when they were in the finals. Yes. And how much of a hockey city that became. That would be a lot of fun. I, I, I would have to I'd have to say that Pittsburgh and um Florida would be my two teams that I don't want to see him go to. But quite frankly, if he let's say Toronto loses tonight, I and they get the pick, I think it would be I love watching GM's work. So it'd be a lot of fun for me to uh. see what Kyle Dubas how Kyle Dubas messes that with, up <laughs> yes I mean he you'll have him for three years at an entry-level contract incredibly low and that's one 100 you have to get rid of Nylander one of the big four there just because you don't need I would say I, no I would defense. say like Austin Matthews <laughs> and John Taveras aren't aren't at risk there I would say it's no. between Nylander and Marner you would have to, I'd have to yeah those two guys Probably Nylander. Austin Matthews has had a great series. Like, despite all the Leafs' shortcomings, like, he has been the one guy who night in, night out has been there for that team. And just to, just to uh, like, kind of wrap up the, uh, the, the Phase 2 teams, like, I – A, if the Blue Jackets lost, I would love to see him go to Columbus. I would, lo- I would be excited. I need to stop hating that team. Or yeah. not hating, but being indifferent with that team. They're they've been really fun to watch, mm-hmm. and I really like a lot of players on that team as well. I yeah, this was there. Who? I forgot. Nyquist was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it was nice to see you. He popped up on the screen. I'm like, Gus, <laughs> you, man. I'm pretty sure he oh, was in God. the box for one of those goals the other night, though, which is not you oh know, no a, a great thing. But yeah, they're a lot of fun. You know, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, Felino, like just. They've been a lot of fun to watch this series. And Torts also, like, I would love to see Torts and what he can do with it with, with a team like, that locks into some talent. I would like to talk about Torts. And people were – like, people on Twitter were, like, giving him shit for yelling at Dubois on the bench. That's his job. Yeah. It's his job to yell at people. He's yeah. a bit more vocal, and he's a bit more – a bit more. He's very blunt with what he's saying. But this guy gets the job done. He's been in the NHL for over two decades. 
I mean, he's it, it's undeniable. This guy's a great coach. I have a hard time taking like those criticisms seriously. Like I see, I've seen that with like this is a completely different top. Well, not a completely different top, but like remember when that video of Tom Izzo came out like a couple years ago during March Madness when he was yelling at Aaron Henry and then Aaron Henry had an unbelievable game the next game. Like Pierre Luc Dubois came out and he had a hat trick in the next game. So yeah. like shut up. Like that there are coaches who coach a certain way. It's a highly competitive game. And I'm just so over. And he's a professional. Dubois just, is a professional. Yes. I think he can't handle that. Yes. And I'm just so over, especially in, in professional leagues, like you just said, I'm so over like regular people criticizing. Well, if my boss yelled at me like that, like, <laughs> dude, like first off, when the stakes are that high in any sort of industry, like there are people getting yelled at like that because that's what required. That's what's required when stakes are this high. When you talk about just like a stage and financial uh, whatever, and like just competitive nature, like shut up. You, you don't, you have no idea what it's like to be it's just it just bothers me to see people uh jump just have those takes it's like this that does not concern you and clearly and it's just players how, will how, sing how, his praises and how how pg do you want the world to be it's just impossible just let it go uh so let's just jump into uh a couple of the series that wrapped up since the last time we've talked to you guys we're gonna like i said we're gonna get into the leafs jacket series probably tomorrow and uh, we'll, we'll include that in our phase two lottery wrap up uh but since we're recording this before the end of game five we'll, we'll skip most of the uh analysis of that series because we don't really know how it's going to turn out yet and obviously it has been absolutely nuts you know teams blowing three nothing leads and back-to-back games like just Super fun series to watch no matter which side you're on. I was disappointed that the uh, – I was doing some pretty good trolling. Uh, I was just loving the uh, social media on those nights because I was just, like, searching, like, hashtag fire Dubas or hashtag, you know, Sheldon <laughs> Keefe. And yeah. just the things that I you see people post on there are pretty, pretty great. Another one that I searched on Twitter was just done, Leafs. That was another – that was another good <laughs> – good twitter search uh we'll, we'll get more into those i want to have a uh funeral for leafs twitter if they get eliminated by columbus so we'll, we'll, we'll save that series for another time but it, one team one series that i really did want to talk about is this vancouver and minnesota series i love what i've been seeing from vancouver so far they're just getting it done from all over the place. It seems like any night it can be anybody doing it. Chris Tanev, game four, two, two assists, plus the game-winning goal in overtime. Bo Horvat had one and one. Quinn Hughes, seventh overall pick in the 2018 NHL draft. Who went ahead of him? Philip Sedina. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm actually I, – I don't, I don't like talking about that, to be quite honest, because I don't think it's very fair to – 20 year old Philip Zadina. Uh, no, it's not. So it's I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip not. it. Just, you know, you just have to bring it up. He has a, he had a team leading six points uh, in the series one and five and an absolute nasty shot from the point in game four. Did you see that? Yep. I just love them. They're, they're, pl- they're young. They're playing fearless. And I mean, it's just, they, I know they only beat the wild, but I liked what I saw of them in that series. And plus two, like, you going, you saying that they're a young team, like that those guys have been hitting on every single one of their draft picks in the last five, uh, five years. I don't remember when Jake for was drafted in the first round, but I guess that's one that didn't work out. 
But I mean, they've got marksmen right now, and they still have Patrick Demko sitting in the, in the waivers for them. You yeah. know, like there there are so many great prospects and young players on that team. That's going to be a team that for the next decade, that's just going to be so fun to watch. Uh, Blackhawks eliminate the Oilers in four games. Poor Woo! Connor McDavid, five goals, four assists in four games. And uh, they, they go down three games to one. That's just devastating. You know, <laughs> I feel really bad. <laughs> I feel really bad because they're, they're starting to make moves over the I'd say like the last four years. Arnold Nurse is great. Drysdale's great. I mean, I mean, I think Drysdale's making nine point five. He should be making twelve, like McDavid. And I know that. I mean, contract situations aside and stuff like that, their goaltending just Peter Shirelli has just destroyed this team for the next three years. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to see what Penny can do there, but I mean, it's just going to take some time to get some bad contracts off the books. I mean, it might be a buyout or something like that. I don't know. I, with the way that the the, the cap is going to be flat for the next couple of years, I can see the NHL instituting basically like they did after the last CBA, just a, a free buyout for every single team. I, I can totally see that happening. I'm praying for it to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, Fine. Yeah, I mean, like they're, they're a team that you look at their uh, – you look at their – decor and you just go i mean come on like what are you what are you expecting they don't have a single premier defense like as good as darnell nurse uh was this past year like he is not a guy you want to hang your hat on as far as your number one defenseman no and uh i mean i until they get that cleaned up until they get a more solid goaltender in net they're go I didn't hear you. What did you say? I said, you remember Justin Schultz? Yeah. He from college, and they said he was going to be sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and then the, uh, the goaltending we're, we're situation. Gonna say, hey, we're going to say the same thing about Pittsburgh in, what, five, ten minutes? About yeah, how, how horrible their defense is, and they have Justin Schultz, so I guess we could save it. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers also just need a goaltender. And, I mean – I understand it's not easy to have a premier goaltender in the league, but like uh, they just didn't get what they yeah, needed hard. to from their goaltending in the series. I think I saw like it, like I think I saw a stat that said Miko Koskinen. I can't remember exactly what the stat was because some of the like hardcore analytics sometimes like confuse me a little bit. But I'm pretty sure the 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 stat was save expectancy versus like reality. So like based on like the percentage of the shot from wherever on the ice, like he was dead last, I'm pretty sure, and goals okay. given up that he shouldn't have been. I'm surprised they didn't uh well, I guess you really can't in the play in series. But I mean, I would say what I I thought realistically about two of those goals that Mike Smith gave up in game one were his fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like and right and right after that it was he was done. Yeah. But I mean he has so much more experience in the NHL than Koskinen did. I was a bit surprised that they just stuck with him for the rest of the series. But same time I'm not the coach, so I I sit on my couch and make decisions. I don't think I would have done that. <laughs> uh Coyotes eliminate the Predators. Coyotes are rolling. Uh, they're getting production from, from a lot of different places. Four players average a point per game in that previous series. And like the, their defense wasn't necessarily stellar 
in that first round. And, you know, they're, they're definitely going to want to like shore up the amount of chances that they give uh, their next opponent. But Darcy Kemper, I thought played really, really well. 933 save percentage, including 31 saves and a four. Watch out game for that three. Like, Watch out for him. <clears throat> I think they can, uh, they can, they can definitely win another series or two. The Canadians obviously eliminate the Penguins. Like we've alluded to, the Penguins get shut out in a very uninspired elimination game four. And uh, I mean, like, yeah, like that. That's there's not a lot to really overanalyze in this series. The Penguins just didn't look good, and Carey Price was absolutely fantastic. We talked about it like Woo-hoo! at length leading up to these playoffs. If anybody was going to to do that steal a series for a team, it was going to be Carey Price, and that turned out to be true. 947 save percentage, gets the shutout in game four with 22 saves, and uh, yeah. I mean, what do you got there? I absolutely love it. I want to talk about um, the one thing I saw from Malkin the entire series was him pushing, was that Domi? I think it was Domi's helmet on the face-off. That's the <laughs> only thing I saw from Malkin the entire series. I mean, I, I'm shocked at how flat they look. Yeah. And you have to – Awful their defenses as well. You sent me – Nolan sent me a picture of um, the Pittsburgh Penguins decor. It's like, I think – Ryan Dumoulin is a first-pairing first, line, or first pairing, uh, D-man. Danny DeKaiser would be a first-pairing D-man on the uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. I think the one guy that was above, like, the top, like, 50-ranked defenseman in the NHL – was Latang. I'm yep. shocked he was as high. I think that what you the picture you'd send me he was ranked 12. I was yeah. very surprised he was still that high. But I mean, I'm not you know just like you said analytics and stuff like that. I'm sure he's great in his own end. But mm-hmm. I, it's been a bit quieter the last couple of years. But maybe that's just me being worn, drawn too thin with uh, watching hockey right now. I guess. Yeah, and I mean like, and I hate to be the spicy takes guy, but uh, yeah. yeah. This is something that I thought was kind of maybe not necessarily expected, but like something that as far as them being flat, like I fully kind of what I, I was ready for this to happen. Like they're, they're a bit of an older team. They've had long playoff series before and that can go one of two ways to where, you know, they have all this experience. So they come in and they just shut the door and, you know, yada, yada, or it can be a situation like you saw today when they come out slow or like or this series where they come out slow and, and they just don't look all that great. All right. Now I got a question for you. Yes. Let's say they don't get this first overall pick. Um, do you think that their I think their window has been slammed shut. I think you think it. so? Yes. Now I have another 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 caveat to that is do you think that um, Rutherford Rutherford should maybe move a core piece? You mean like you think I don't Malkin? think there's any yes I don't think there's any excuse for the Pittsburgh Penguins to lose to a 500 team. I don't think there's there's no excuse that could be made saying oh you know they got this time off everybody had the exact same time to prep for this everybody it's their job to stay in shape during the whole shutdown so I just don't I don't see a way that there aren't repercussions for this just like when Chicago was swept in the first round they dealt sod and panarin or they they dealt panarin like that that's the moves this is what you have to do Mm -hmm. if if a team isn't 
Yeah, especially yeah, especially at the end of at the, especially at the end of a run like they have had. Like, yes, there is going to be eventually a time where you have to just make pretty pretty drastic changes. Although I will say this though, they didn't they didn't really get great goaltending in this series either. That Jack Petrie shot from below the circle that went right over Matt Murray's shoulder that was a microcosm of everything that the Pittsburgh Penguins were. Yes, I do. I do. I think so too. He's going to – I mean – Red Wing, Matt Murray. Very well could be. Yeah. Okay, so before we go on to um, – we're going to do some Red Wings bits and bobs, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you really quick before we go into that. Yeah. If you had to pick one team, um, and we can include Columbus and Toronto in this, if you had to pick one team, gun to your head, to get that first overall pick, who do you want to be? Oh, um, Columbus. I I want them to beat Toronto tonight, but I also would love to see them get the number one pick. Wow. It, although I would say wow. that it would suck for the Red Wings because of just him being in the East and so close. And yeah, but I'm gonna go. At with least it, at least it wouldn't be to the same division. Yeah, I want Edmonton to get him really bad. <laughs> you know how much fun. It at would least be? he'll be out of sight, out of mind, like. Yes, and then that gives McDavid and Dreisaitl that winger that will just dominate for them. Lafreniere will put up 90 points first year if he's playing with McDavid. Just an embarrassment of riches that they have. That's what I want to see. That would be so much fun to see. If that happens. That would be the Uh, best place for him to go. Is that your gun to your head pick? 100%. 100 <laughs> percent all right you can, uh, you can deal some bad contracts or just try and get somebody off the books and then your forward core is essentially set and then from sure. there you can build on that back end and try and find yourself a good goal or try and get like grice or something in the in free agency because i mean he's going to go because barlamo has been their goalie and there's yeah. no way grice is going to sit there he's been yeah. great all year for like the last three years yeah uh, all right, some, some Red Wings news to wrap this up. Uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings. We talked a little bit about his situation on the uh, episode where we projected who the protected list would be in the expansion draft for next season. I don't think there's anything shocking about this deal. He hasn't necessarily proved that uh, he's been anything great with the Red Wings. And, uh, I mean, this is his make-or-break year to kind of show that he did, he, he was worthy of that first round pick that the Red Wings spent on him back in 2015. So one year deal. We'll see how it goes. That's kind of what we expected. Um, not really much to that, to be quite honest. No, not really. We'll see how it goes. How do you think it's going to go? I am optimistic. Uh, I think just because of the fact that he, he had a decent first season in pro hockey. He twenty sixteen. Yeah, but then like then like his next season wasn't great, but then he lost all of 2018 to a torn ACL, and then it was you know trying to come back from that, and then it was surgeries and and all that other stuff. So it is what it is. I think because of the fact that he'll be forced to stay with the NHL roster for the entire season, I think that'll actually benefit him in a lot of ways because he's not waiver exempt uh, after signing this new deal. So I think that is another thing that will help him is just the fact that he'll be with the NHL club all year there's no threat of going back down to grand rapids it's hey this is your nhl tryout you have 82 game or not probably not 82 games uh you know whatever however long the season is like that's going to be his tryout um another thing we've got some loans to talk about 
Uh, I know it was speculated probably earlier last week that Mo Sider was going to be loaned to the DEL so he could continue playing during the pandemic, a move that makes complete sense. I think their regular season starts back up in early November and the DEL, or actually I think it's only the Swedish league that won't let players come back mid season once they're on a loan. So this is really a no risk move for the Red Wings. He's going to get to go back to Germany where he's comfortable, continue developing, continue to play some pro hockey. Uh, and the same for Philip Zadina. He got loaned to the Czech league. Osolari Trinek. Uh, so he'll he'll have the same opportunity to continue doing that again, like Cider in his home country. So hopefully that works out for them to where they, they kind of are able to uh I mean I, I'm not expecting them to like develop over there, but I, I think if they're gonna go back to and play some pro Just hockey, it's hockey nice that man, yeah. you know they're gonna be in their home home country, like yep. find some sort of comfortability in that. And uh when they come over for the start of the season. Uh, you, you kind of hope that, that it has a, a positive impact on them. Another thing, too, is thinking about the draft as well. Um, I wonder if there's more of a – if you're really close with, let's say, uh, Perfetti or Rossi or Raymond or Holes. Let's say Raymond and Rossi are really close together, right? Yeah. You think there's going to be a bit of a, hey, if we take him – He's going to be playing in Sweden this year. He's going to continue to, to develop when a Rossi or a Perfetti are just going to be sitting and waiting for the OHL to open back up again. You think that's going to have – I wonder if that's going to have an impact on some choices people make. I don't think it will necessarily have an impact. Like, I don't think like them having – in a forward sense, I don't think that it will matter. I think it – what it does have an impact on. And we've talked about this on the show before, like together and with Tony Ferrari, like that, the, the fact that they'll be getting to play for an entire month before the draft happens. Uh, I think that'll have an impact on who gets taken, but I don't think it, it will be like, well, Perfetti and Rossi won't get to play. Cause I mean, if worse comes to worse. They'll just go play in Europe. Like you don't, we don't necessarily know at this point. Yeah. But how do you know? I don't know how OHL and CHL contracts work. I don't know if there's a clause that says, hey, if there's a pandemic. Yeah, but I'm sure if there's if the, if the season isn't going to happen, like they'll loan them out. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that'll be an issue. Yeah, you I never know, though. have an agent come on to explain this. Yeah, we should get Claude Lemieux. Yeah, right. The yeah, agent definitely. from Outsider. Yeah, just hit up Aaron, see if he has his number. Then we can <laughs> send him an email or something. How could we talk about <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's this episode of locked on Red Wings tune back in tomorrow to see which team to, to hear us talk about Pittsburgh winning the NHL draft lottery. I'm sure, I'm sure of it at this point. It, like it was one of those things where it started off as a joke. This, this to me kind of reminds me of the red, like the idea of the Red Wings getting the fourth overall picked where like, Started out as a joke. We joked about it a lot just so it wouldn't hurt as oh, bad it's when it's it's actually, actually happened. And then it happened, and I was like, son of a You know, yeah. like it, I was trying to prep myself, but I, I don't think I can possibly prep myself enough emotionally for Pittsburgh getting this number one pick. What's the final score of this Columbus Toronto game? Ooh, 4-3 Blue Jackets. Ooh, I love it. Good close game. Yeah, I want a high scoring. I want lots of goals. I'm going uh, five to two with two empty netters for Toronto. 
I'm excited. This is like this is probably the biggest hockey game in a long, long time. Obviously, it's in like an elimination game five, but uh, just like the the implications of Leafs Twitter absolutely burning to the ground because they didn't even get to the first round this year. Would just it's just so chef's kiss beautiful. Like oh, I want it so bad. If the Leafs lose tonight, I will have an absolute field day. Follow us lo underscore Red Wings on Twitter. (laughs) Because I will just be retweeting angry Leafs fans all night long, and I can't wait for it. I love it. I'm excited for it. What if it's like four nothing Columbus after the first period? <laughs> Those that I'm I, whatever. I don't care how it gets done. Just get it done. Get it done, Blue Jackets. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow, same time, same place. You can be ready for it by making sure you subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you know. Uh, We always definitely appreciate you spreading the good word of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And, uh, yeah, any any, any final thoughts, Ethan? Uh, um, No, not really. I think we're about set here. I think we did a great job. All right. It's your team every day. We'll see you back here on Tuesday.